Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters, Matthew DeFranks and Jim Thomas. I'm going to put uh, Matthew up on the depth chart there, JT, because he's, he's moved in and uh, quickly assumed his, his role for the Post and Dispatch. Uh, guys, uh, the trade deadline nears, but like you wrote about that, the, uh, the guys, all they can do is try to play hockey for the time being and play hockey. They did against the tired Panthers team and showed that, uh, you know, despite everything they've been through, this team still seems to enjoy playing for the coach and for each other. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, that's pretty much all they can do, right? Uh, they don't control the decisions, uh, what goes on above them. Uh, they don't control the schedule. Uh, they did control the standings, but that's kind of out of their control now at this point. So, uh, you know, they talked about it a little bit last night and just wanting to take it game by game as cliche as that sounds. But, you know, as as far as these eight games before the trade deadline goes, that's really uh, all they can do until they know what their roster is going to look like for the rest of the year and who's going to be with them and kind of where they go at that point. So, uh, it's been a promising two games uh, after the All-Star break. It obviously doesn't really change their you know, long-term outlook for the season. Uh, they're still you know, m- much more likely to, to miss the playoffs than anything. Uh, but it is something that shows kind of the, the players are doing what they can at this point of the season. Yeah, uh, some some pep in their step last night. They really had fresh legs. And, you know, a lot a lot of times it's, it's as much when you play somebody as, as who you play. And they, they caught uh, Florida on the, the uh, back end of the back, uh, back-to-back as they did uh, Arizona. And I believe they'll catch New Jersey without Hughes. I don't, I don't think he'll be back in the, uh, in the uh, lineup. But the last night especially, it kind of looked like the old blues. I mean, uh, just especially with their, uh, their puck possession and their, and their, and their forechecking game. And, uh, you know, you, we, we're walking down to the uh, locker room for the interviews afterwards, and we're wondering, where's this been, you know, for the last three months? But uh, and, and that's been the problem. We've, we've seen it only at the sporadic, uh, sporadic times. But, yeah, I think the team mindset is good uh, after the, uh, the Tarasenko and the Mikola trade. But, uh, you know, there, there could be a couple, uh, couple more to come. Yeah, the um... – if you're looking for uh, the scouts were there to watch Ivan Barbashev, you were looking to see something. And uh, besides the empty net goal, he uh, did create some opportunities uh, on the ice, uh, end up with a three point game and uh, solid all around game, got a good endorsement from uh, his coach as far as how he's kept his mindset. So Matt, the, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of the chatter league wide and certainly on the, the, the national broadcast, uh, a lot of Ivan Barbashev chatter. It just seems inevitable that some team is going to pay a pretty good price to get him. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking with a scout last night about Barbashev and um, kind of what the the Blues could get for him, and he kind of threw out the possibility of getting a first round pick for Barbashev just as a, uh, a versatile, uh, cheap player. I mean, he's only making two point two five this season on the cap, and so. You know, obviously this year the the Blues won't have cap trouble the rest of the season if they retain and and his cost drops down to to one point one something. Um, obviously, he's a lot more of an attractive asset and uh, can draw from a lot more contenders as someone who can fit up and down their lineup uh, easily into their cap. Um, you know, he, he seems like a, a prototypical Tampa guy when you look at what the Lightning have done in the last few years at the trade deadline. 
getting Blake Coleman, Nick Paul, Brandon Hagel, those types of guys that can fit in further down the lineup, but can also produce a lot and on, on good contracts. So um, that's a, a name that, that kind of surprised me in terms of what could get a first round pick. I'm not saying that's what he's going to get, um, but the fact that it's in some people's minds is worth, is worth uh, noting. Yeah. It was strange to see Jeff ha- half the league was basically there scouting the uh, scouting that game. And now Vancouver and Chicago were, they kind of stuck out like sore thumbs. Why are they there? But those are locally based uh, scouts, but all the other teams are teams that are re- already in the playoffs are pushing for playoff uh, position. So it, it was definitely showtime for O'Reilly and, uh, and Barbashev. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard different things on, on Barbashev, but, uh, uh, you know, there were reports that, uh, that Armstrong has told him, Hey, we're, we're going to trade you. And then the agent denied it. I, I communicated with the agent myself, but I, I think that's what happened. I, I think the blues that Armstrong told him, Hey, we're, we're getting so much interest in you. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're going to move you. So, you know, most of these guys really like playing in St. Louis, maybe Vladdy Tarasenko, notwithstanding, but, uh, uh, you know, Barbashev, uh, loves playing here. O'Reilly does too, but, uh, you know, it's the business uh, side of things. Uh, Sammy Blay knows that as well as, uh, as anybody, uh, he, he was really crushed. Uh, uh, he, you know, he, he kind of indicated when, when, when he left. So, uh, it's going to be an eventful still, uh, two more weeks, uh, uh, because I, I, as good as this club looked last night, I don't think there's anything they can do to change uh, Doug Armstrong's mind at this point. You know, Ryan O'Reilly comes back, Matt. Uh, the team's glad to have him back. He's uh, he's played well since coming back. Got on his horse last night to get up the ice and score a goal uh, after the team got pinned in for what seemed like a half hour in their own zone. Um, but he is uh, he expressed his desire to stay. But you know, you look around the league and there's so much. So much activity and so many teams feel like they've got a chance to, to win this thing. And he's the kind of guy that has won and could help a team win again. Uh, it's going to be interesting with Ryan. I mean, while it seems for sure Ivan's going to go because for the, all the reasons you mentioned, Ryan's a more interesting case because of his, his cap hit, his uh, ties to St. Louis, his potential leadership role here to the end of his career, but also the intangible stuff he would bring to a team that uh, is trying to win. So uh, to be a little more of a, a more complex scenario for Ryan. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I think he is probably still the, the best center available in the trade market, uh, even despite his lack of production, relative lack of production this year. Uh, obviously, Boho rats off the board. And, uh, you know, the thing that's impressed me about O'Reilly the last two games is that he scored the the big goals. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the overtime winner against Arizona uh, was a really skilled play and um, he had kind of a, a momentum stopping goal uh, last night against the Panthers. Uh, you know, they were hemmed in for probably a, a minute and a half, two minutes there. And then, you know, they break out of the zone and boom, it's in the back of the net. And uh, that kind of, um, you know, sealed the game at that point, you know, uh, against Florida. So he's been impressive in, in kind of the goals that he has scored and then, the last two games coming back from the foot injury. And I think the, the time on ice is also uh, a good indicator of where he's at health-wise. He had the second most uh, minutes last night uh, among the forwards for the Blues, uh, only behind Robert Thomas. So 
it's been uh, promising, I think, for for the Blues to see Ryan O'Reilly uh, come back like this. Yeah, and he's had all kind of all facets of his game have have have, have looked good. I I thought his defense and his checking was was really good last night. He had uh, uh, the game before that against Arizona. He had one of his best faceoff nights of the uh, uh, of the season. I think almost seventy percent. And by his standards, it hasn't been a great year. But uh, yeah, just two games, but. Uh, uh, he looks great. I, I don't know. They're kind of reading the room, judging by uh, uh, kind of reading uh, uh, Armstrong's comments on it and O'Reilly's. Uh, I kind of think he's gone. And, uh, you know, uh, Armstrong had a had a chance to say, hey, we want to make this happen. We're going to continue talking. And and uh, on that conference call it was pretty interesting. All he said was uh, uh, he knows how I feel about him. In other words, I love you, Ryan, but uh, business is, is business. So I, I I would be surprised at this point if O'Reilly is back. I I I just think that kind of kind of get the sense the bridge has already been crossed. You know, one problem, uh, Matt, for him, for Ryan O'Reilly trying to stay uh, as a leader to help this team going forward through the transition to the next nucleus, is that they already have a guy to do that. They've got Braden Shen locked up uh, for quite some time, another heart and soul type guy. Uh, a guy that really, it was his acquisition that started the team down the road to the cup. And obviously O'Reilly's acquisition was the key piece, but uh, let's not underestimate the the impact Braden Shen had on the franchise when he came and the type of player he is and the sort of respect that he commands with the group. And if you're Doug Armstrong, you say, well, I've got my guy. Uh, we're paying him good money. He could be our leader as we try to retool. Yeah. And I think with Shen, it's, it's even more than that. Um, that he's still productive, right? Uh, you know, we saw the last last game, he had two goals, and we can kind of uh, debate the, the skillfulness of his first goal, uh, the one that went off the, the boards in the back and off of Spencer Knight's skate. But the fact that he's, he's around the right areas and obviously that, that goal on the rush was a, a very skilled play and a, and a nice shot. So the fact that he's uh, good in the room, that he's productive on the ice, and as you mentioned, he signed for a long time for, for a lot of money here in St. Louis. It, it all adds up to, to being one of those guys uh, that Doug Armstrong would value. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I think with, with O'Reilly, it probably has more to do with what, what you could get for him versus what you would be replacing him with. Um, if they can get a first round for him and, you know, a first or second round for Barbashev, that's that's franchise changing stuff when you have three first round picks in a deep draft Now you may not be able to, to move up into the top five, just based on what those, you know, five or seven franchises have been doing this season, uh, tanking for the purpose of getting these picks. They're not going to be willfully giving those up. Uh, but the fact that you could have kind of a, a franchise altering draft uh, is big. And I think, you know, in, in Dallas, they had one in 2017. They got Merrill Haston in at three, uh, Jay Dottinger at the end of the first round, and Jason Robertson early in the second. And not saying that that's what the Blues can get here, but when you have that many shots at the pinata, you're going to probably get some candy. Not a bad draft for the uh, for the Stars, huh? Not, not <laughs> bad at all. Yeah, yeah, Shen is uh, – he seems the odds-on favorite to, to get to see uh, 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 with O'Reilly or if, if O'Reilly's uh, – 
if O'Reilly's gone and, and he's doing some of the little stuff that you see captains do. I, I notice he's, he's, uh, he's almost always now one of the first guys on the ice, which is uh, O'Reilly has done that. And it, it was especially noticeable, I guess, d- during the month that uh, O'Reilly was, uh, 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 or the period that O'Reilly was out. He's also, he's also at all the optionals. He, he comes out and those are normally uh, uh, a leadership uh uh, things and I, I I think they want Robert Thomas one day to have that C, but I think they realize he's not ready. Uh, Chief said something uh, 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 kind of telling. I thought that if if you're going to be the captain, that you need uh, or the, the, a leader, you you have to show that you're uh, yeah, you're you're willing to, to 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 work hard and in all aspects of the game. And and uh, I think they're still working on that. And Thomas Thomas wants to be that player. Uh, and he's trying to be that player, but it's it, it's not there yet. So yeah, I think uh, I think Braden Shen would be uh, would be a good captain. Besides what what he does skill wise on the ice, I mean, just uh, how he reproaches things, how he stands up for other players. If he doesn't like a hit or something, his 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 willingness to to drop the gloves, all, all of that, uh, I think spells uh, a captain. As the team goes forward this year, I think we expect to see. Um, Young guys assuming bigger roles were expecting more players to leave, more veterans to leave the team uh, at the deadline. So it was interesting to see that at least initially the Blues decided to keep two of their better uh, forward prospects, Jake Neighbors and Nikita Nikita Alexandrov, down in the A through um, after the All Star break, wanting them to play big minutes all situations. Uh, but Matt, I do think. Uh, these guys are obviously essential to at least filling depth roles as this team goes forward. And I do expect that they'll, before this thing is over, we'll see them playing um, again in the NHL and maybe getting more, even more minutes than they did before. Yeah, I think we'll see what the roster looks like after the, the trade deadline. And um, you know, if there are two open forward spots, or maybe even three with the Nola Char, if there are three open forward spots available for them to jump into, um, but right now it's Springfield's got a good thing going. Uh, you know, they've won nine in a row down there, right? JT, is that nine, that's correct. Nine franchise record. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're trying to make it a playoff fish too. So if you can have those guys down there playing bid minutes, having bid roles, winning, uh, making the playoffs in the AHL and getting some experience there, is that a better situation than coming up and, playing a maximum of maybe like 14, 15 minutes a night, uh, maybe not getting the special teams roles that they were getting down there. And to be honest, probably not winning a ton. So which path is better for their development? And, you know, I think a lot of it also depends on what they get back in these trades. Uh, I think the the Sammy Blay inclusion in the Rangers trade was probably more of a, a salary thing from New York. But you know, bringing him back takes up a, a spot in the NHL that maybe allows the Blues to be a little bit more patient with neighbors and Alexandrov. They've been good this year, and they probably have shown they deserve to be uh, you know, categorized as NHL caliber players. But yeah, you wonder about what's kind of best for their development, especially with the situations they got going on in Springfield and St. Louis. It was weird to see they they both scored a goal their last game in the big leagues and then uh, hey here's your reward go go down to the minor leagues and I think we all assume that it was the normal thing over uh, uh, the All Star and bye week break uh, younger players get sent down just to get the games in but they they stayed down there but you know I I kind of forgot well 
uh, with O'Reilly uh, coming back and Buchnevich, those are the two spots that neighbors and, uh, and Alexandrov had. So they, they, in one way, they needed those spots when, when both those injured players uh, came back, who knows, we may see neighbors sooner if uh, Saad's injury is something that might keep them out for, for a while because neighbors went down there. I think it's, he's, he's played, they played, both played three games down there. I think that the second game down there, neighbors uh, uh, scored two goals uh, and one was an overtime uh, game winner. So uh, uh, he, he's done very well his last couple of uh, last couple of trips uh, uh, down there. But I, I, I think the, uh, what uh, Maddie says makes a lot of sense, just about the minutes they can get, the, the, the puck touches they can get and just, special teams roles that maybe they wouldn't normally get here. I think neighbors has played a little bit of power play, but uh, you know, down there, I'm sure he'd be a, uh, I, I would guess he's a first, uh, he's a first uh, uh, unit guy, but yeah, it, it could be just a matter of time before they're back up. I mean, they could be back up March the 4th, depending on what the, uh, the blues end up doing at the, at the trade deadline. Another guy that hopes to benefit from that good scenario in Springfield, uh, the uh, oft-injured, seldom-seen Scott Perunovich, uh, the chief saying that he's he's cleared to play, that it's if he feels like he's ready, he can start playing some hockey again. Oh, this is the guy. JT and I have uh, have had a chance to see him play for the the note, and uh, kid's got tremendous ice vision. But, but man, he's got to stay on the ice. I mean, he, this is a guy that normally you'd say he's a piece of their future, given his uh, college pedigree, his production in college, where he was drafted, how the team felt about him as a prospect. But, man, he has not been on the ice. And I guess at this point, you got to see it to believe it as far as his ability to be part of the solution going forward. Yeah, I I, uh, obviously have not seen him as much as you guys, but the one kind of memory for me that pops out with Scott Perunovich is uh, his showing – in Traverse City uh, against the, the Dallas prospects. And he was the best player on the ice, like no questions asked, controlled the game from the back end, great skater, great vision. Um, and I understand it's a much different level of competition uh, than, you know, the AHL and the NHL. But last time he was down in the AHL, he used, I think, 22 points in 17 games. So he won't get that kind of uh, runway on on this uh, assignment, at least maybe not yet. Maybe they send him down after and uh, maybe get him some more games. But it'll be interesting to see what his production looks like. Uh, they're, they're a team that, that doesn't have, uh, you know, a lot of prospects on the blue line. Um, you know, there's Kessel and Samarukov and Santini, but there's not a, a ton of high-end guys like Scott Perunovich would be. So they should get a lot of minutes, a lot of playing time, a lot of opportunity. And, uh, you know, honestly, he probably just wants to show he's healthy and show that he can play games and stay that way. Yeah. The, the, the poor guy has been, uh, been snake bitten. Yeah. It's been, it's been so long now, uh, since he was drafted. I think, uh, we, we, you can tend to forget just the blues were really excited to, to, to get him. And, and I remember the, uh, the prospects tournament that Matt's talking about He over the course of the tournament, if, if not the best player on the ice, he was one of the best, one of the best players on the ice. And, 
Uh, we all know what he can do as a, as a puck mover and a, and a passer. He has some of that. I don't think he quite has the, the shot. Not that Krug has a tremendous shot, but I don't think he quite has the shot that Krug has, but he definitely, in terms of the vision and seeing the ice and almost being one step ahead of the play, Perunovic can, uh, can do all that. But yeah, it's just, it's just all about, uh, it's just all about uh, uh, staying, uh, staying healthy. And uh, he, he definitely, he definitely has some rust to knock off. It's interesting. We were talking yesterday, like if he's able to scrape off said rust and he looks good as he did before when he, when he was in the A and he was able to come in and help out the blues um, in, a, in a more limited role when he came up, but you know, he, he wanted to see what he can do and, Yet Kelly Rose has played real well, so what do you do? But against all odds, Tory Crew gets dinged again, gets hit by another puck, and he is, I guess, uh, Matt, the next Tory Krug uh, for the Blues, same type of player. Um, you know, and because of Tory's bad luck, maybe he'll maybe he'll get some time this year because it's boy, it's been been a really brutal year just for for Tory Krug to stay healthy. Yeah, I think you look at a, a light for like replacement and that's it. Uh, I think the thing that we have to remember about Brunovich too is he's waivers exempt. He can go down to the minors um, and he gets kind of stay there even after his conditioning assignments over. So it's not like this, uh, this next week is decision time and kind of moving pieces around on the St. Louis blue line. Uh, it could be, um, but it doesn't have to be because of uh, his status and his contract status and he can go down there and you know, play until uh, until the Blues are ready for him. Um, and who knows, maybe that is sooner than anticipated. We'll see what happens at practice uh, today and how uh, the update on Tory Crude Corey looks like. Um, but yeah, I think with, with Perunovic, uh, we, we can all see the skill set and, and the talent. And I think probably the most frustrating thing for, for him, for Blues management, for fans, um, is that there's not, not really a, a way to improve your injury proneness, right? You can improve your skating, you can improve your shot, you can work on those things. Um, but, you know, getting hit along the boards and kind of fracturing your shoulder that way, uh, it's a tough way to, uh, to go about and look for improvements. Yeah. And you know what the, 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 the organization is really looks like they made a commitment now to really getting a look at, uh, at Tyler Tucker, that was one of the reasons why they felt Nico Mikola was uh, expendable because they felt Tyler could fill that role uh, quite nicely. And, you know, as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, as Ryan O'Reilly calls him, uh, Nick Lidstrom, uh, you know, how do you get Kelly Rosen uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, lineup? At, now you could say, well, trade Tory Krug. I I, I kind of go back and forth on this, but I kind of get I kind of get the impression the Blues really don't want to trade uh, uh uh, Tory Krug. So, uh, uh, but as Matt mentioned, yeah, you could just, and I'm sure Perunovic wants to, you know, one minute in the minors is one minute too many for him, but, uh, I'm sure he'd rather be with a big club, but, uh, you can, he, yeah, he's still, uh, he's still his waivers exempt. So you could, you could have him, uh, play down there and, uh, lead the, uh, help lead the Thunderbirds to, to another Calder cup appearance. You never know. Well, I want to give a shout out to, as we shift back to the veterans, uh, Nick Letty, mild mannered, soft spoken, uncontroversial, uh, apparently devoid of color. Uh, Nick Letty, um, given a chance to explain uh, amusing anecdotes from his vacation in Mexico and all the colorful stuff he did down there. 
No, I didn't really have any of those. Um, just a guy, you wouldn't even notice he's a hockey player, really, um, chatting with the guy, looking at him and such. But, you know, he's had a hell of a career, 900 games, and, and he did what Nick Letty does. He skated the puck out of the defensive zone zigzagged up the ice and uh, beat an admittedly shaky goaltender last night. And you just kind of, you know, just one of these solid guys that a team needs. Uh, Matt, it just, uh, he's going to get through his career. He probably won't set any records, but he's going to get a thousand plus games in. He's got, he's won. He's got those credentials. He wants to win again. Hey, you got to, got to appreciate the Nick Lettys of the world, except when they're not giving you colorful anecdotes to fill up your notebook. I don't know. I think JT got a smile out of him yesterday morning. He beat you down, though, uh, uh, Matt. You you finally had enough of the interviews. Like I can't, right? That last night, I can't, uh, I can't listen to any more Nick Letty quotes, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bringing uh, wasn't bringing much to the table after the game last night. But it was interesting to hear, you know, yesterday after morning skate. Uh, uh, I struggled to call it a reflection on on nine hundred games, uh, but <laughs> kind of his. Uh, his thoughts about his hockey career and starting in Minnesota playing baseball and football. And, uh, you know, I think JT and I were kind of wondering what his days as a running back in football looked like, uh, with Nick Letty and as an outfielder in baseball. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably wasn't Barry Sanders in terms of all the moves. He was probably a between the tackles guy for what fitting his personality. We do Matt, Matt and Matt as a guy with a beard. We do appreciate his beard though. That's a glorious beard. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, it's 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 well maintained. It's full. It's 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 got the juice. Um, but yeah, that that goal last night was uh, is as as Gordo mentioned a a Nitletti goal. I think that was one of the things that surprised me the most when I got here was his ability to transition the puck on his own. Um, you know, the Blues would set up a controlled breakout behind their own net, and he would just decide that uh, he would just skate it out himself and skate it in himself and create something on the other end and it, that play last night was you know, pretty impressive just off a off of a face-off play and uh beats 1d and montour and then takes stall wide and and finishes it with a great shot so kind of an all-around uh, solo effort from him that was pretty impressive and i think he's one of those guys i was kind of surprised that was already at, at 900 games um i think if, I, if i'm correct i think ryan o'reilly is the only Blue that has more career games played than Nipletti, uh, which I probably would not have guessed uh, given some of the the seniority they have on the team. So uh, a good, good career, a great goal from last night. Yeah, I think overall, though, I I I I feel like he's been a disappointment uh, uh, for the Blues uh, uh, this season. Uh, you know, he's on the he was on the ice for all five goals uh, in the uh, in the Arizona game, but boy, uh, Jeff, and you've you've talked about it. You've been all over this, you know, kind of miscast as a uh, shutdown guy. I wish he'd, I wish he'd uh, take more dashes out of his zone. He just, he just doesn't seem like he does that enough. And uh, it's, he's, he, he gets the top speed really quick. It seems like, and uh, uh, it would, it would add a little something the blues do not necessarily saying they, these rushes would lead to defenseman goals, but the, the blues, uh, uh, they're way down in, in goals by defensemen this year. I think they're, they're usually either first, second, or certainly in the top five, and they're they're in the 20s this year. So anything he could bring to the table there uh, would help. Yeah, the, Matt, it's going to be very interesting to see how Doug Armstrong sorts it all out because, you know, Justin Falk came, had been an offensive guy. He comes here, is putting in more of an all-around role. 
Uh, Tory Krug, obviously a, a power play uh, specialist, an excellent power play quarterback. Uh, you have, you know, Nick Letty has been like a power play two type of guy, a puck mover, but that's been primarily a second tier offensive player. Callie Rosen, that's the player he is. He's a puck mover, mostly an AHL player, but he's played well here. And then your fifth guy is a puck, clear puck mover, dominant college player, uh, puck moving guy. Uh, that's five guys. And, you know, you want to balance up your defensive core. You need three, and then you need three guys that are really good defensively, right? And so there's a challenge. I mean, it just – this this core has needed realigning for a couple of years, and the addition of Letty only made it less aligned or made through the alignment out of, out of whack even more. As good as he's been overall as a player – He's been put in an unfortunate situation. Do you want to put Nick Letty in defensive zone stops starts? Uh, do you want to always match him up against top lines? Well, I mean, that's unfair. I mean, you can, any minus his numbers may not be great, but he's doing what he can. I mean, I to me, in my in my vision, I just keep coming back to it, man. Put him in a position where he can really do what he does best, and leave him there. I'm trying to get there, Doug. Try to get there. Yeah. And- like like most things with this team, it all comes back to getting a number one defenseman, right? Because if you look at their decor and you get a, a top guy and you say, well, maybe Pareko looks much better in a two or three role and Tori Krug as a power play specialist or Scott Perunovic as a power play specialist looks a lot better in that role. And, you know, netting, getting Nick Letty to play you know, maybe bottom pair minutes and kind of, not have a matchup against other top lines, maybe that's a better role. And somehow everyone gets shifted into their right spots when you have someone at the top that can handle all situations. So it's uh, it, it's the central issue that we all keep coming back to. Um, and it affects them in so many different ways. But it, it's also very tough to get those guys. And even a lot of the number ones around the lead for, for teams aren't really – you know, true, true number one guys, but that's what uh, that's what they need to get these guys into the right roles and into the right uh, positions to be successful. Well, and, and the trouble is, most of the guys, and if you include Rosen in that, just the, the guys at Springfield, Tucker, they're all they're all like five, six, seven guys. Uh, I think the only guy that I think might be a top four guy is Leo Luf, and we haven't seen him. He's been playing in in Sweden, although his two year contract's up, and we would we would think that he would be in uh, Springfield. Uh, next year you just wonder uh uh when uh it, it, say the blues somehow end up with multiple first round picks uh you know two or two or three uh do they use one of those picks for a defenseman i mean jeff once when's, when's the last first rounder they've taken petro i guess I, I i can't think of anybody anybody else and uh even if they do that you know unless it's maybe a uh somehow a top 10 pick i mean it's probably a couple of years before that uh, defenseman is uh, is ready, so yeah, I, I there's there's not an easy solution to what they what they have now, and I think both Baruby and especially Armstrong they they got enamored with this. Well, we need puck movers. It's a it's a game of skill and speed. We need puck moving defensemen, and now as you pointed out, that's it's basically all they have. Well, yeah, Matt, and when you see, I mean, God bless Tucker, but you see Matt Kachuk just take the puck away, lift the stick, take the puck away, come around and throw it across for a, a, a set up a tap in goal, a reminder that, you know, matching up against the Matthew Kachucks of the world is not for everyone. I mean, and Tucker may get there, but you know, you took 
it's just one of the many matchups that this sort of situations that keep coming up for this team. So we'll see how they fix it going forward. Well, we've run out of time on this edition of the net front. We appreciate all the work of Matthew and JT and all of our writers. I mean, if you haven't been to our website, you're listening to this podcast through one of your favorite uh, podcast uh, distributors. And we appreciate you for doing that. Go check out our website. We've got like a lot of stuff on stltoday.com, the digital version of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We are covering the the heck out of the Cardinals, all sorts of video. We've got soccer coming to St. Louis in a big way. We're about to start that season. The Blues at the trade deadline will be tons of hockey content. So please do check out all of our stuff. Support local journalism. Uh, Keep us going strong. We appreciate you for supporting us for those who do. And tell your friends to get out and support us because we could sure use the audience. And uh, we're going to keep working as hard as we can for you. So for Matt, for JT, I'm Jeff. Until next time, see ya.